Well, thank you for having me. I uh, appreciate the opportunity. And um, I just want to be a help. I want to be a blessing. And uh, that's my goal tonight. And uh, thank you for showing up tonight on a Sunday night. And uh, I'm going to pray. I've been praying that God would meet with us tonight and uh, meet some needs tonight. Uh, just f- finished my prayer letter this week, so I thought I'd just read it. <laughs> I'm going to do a message, but I thought I'd give you an update on the ministry. Um, and so just hot off the press. <laughs> One of the hardest things for me to do as a missionary is to write a prayer letter, but it's a necessity. That's what we're, we do. And we need to let people know what we do. And, um, but, um, I do one at least once a quarter. Some missionaries are really good at it. They do it every month. Um, but boy, it's hard for me to, I'm not a good writer, first of all. And, um, but anyways, I'm going to read it. As I walked into the living unit, I noticed the security prison police was present. Stephen was standing on one side of the unit with everyone else and security officers on the other side. Without understanding the situation, but having already established a good relationship with this youth over the past several weeks, I walked in and I walked right up to him. Without hesitation, I began conversing with him. He told me he was very angry and ready to explode. As he began to explain the frustration over some incidents that had happened earlier in the day, I listened patiently to him. As he talked, he began to tear up, and slowly his frustration left him. Then I was able to give him some tools to properly deal with the emotions. Security left, and everyone else began to be at ease. I'm so thankful that everything worked out that evening. One day I received a text from the state chaplain stating a youth named Anthony had requested a visit with me. Weeks before I had established a relationship with him in a previous facilities facility, but I lost track of him for a while until the chaplain sent me the text. It turns out he'd been moved to the intensive intensive management unit, which is a very emotional, unhealthy, unhealthy place to be. It's basically the prison within the prison with total isolation, 23 hours a day in your cell. After visiting with Anthony, I could tell he was he's been in the IMU too long and I sensed a deep depression setting in. Thankfully, I was able to encourage him to do what was needed to get back to the open campus. And within a week, he was out of IMU and attending Bible study group again. I I mentioned this last week and uh, because it just happened here in the pulpit, but I'll read it. At the start of church service, In one of the county facilities, a tall, tough-looking young man with green and orange hair (laughs) approached me. 
with his head down and no eye contact. He said that his dad was a preacher and he sat down. As usually, we started by singing a few hymns out of the Rock of Ages paperback hymnal. As we sang, I saw that he was beginning to tear up. Then I preached the message from Psalms 119, which says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? He continued to weep throughout the message. And during the invitation, he prayed and received Christ as his personal Savior. After he walked over to me, he looked me straight in the eye with the smile on his face and thanked me for coming. Praise the Lord. Every time I go into a facility, I have learned to be flexible. Since coming back from COVID shutdowns, my role as a uh, my role as a chaplain has grown. I find myself spending more time one on one with these youth. In addition to conducting the group church services, I've seen the facility managers and staff depend on me as an important part of their team. I've always had a vital role in these facilities as a minister for Jesus Christ. But more than ever, I have been called upon to deal with youth who are struggling with difficult emotions and of behaviors such as suicide attempts, anger, depression, anxiety, and hopelessness. I realize we are all aware of the mental health crisis in our world today among all people in general, but I certainly see it firsthand with the youth in the facilities. I am thankful for the material that Rock of Ages Ministries has developed, such as character concepts and emotional concept lessons that I use daily in my facilities. These lessons have helped me personally and so many others over the years. It uses the scripture to teach biblical principles dealing with character and emotions. There is no doubt God is the solution to man's problems. Please pray for me to continue to have opportunity to share the gospel and help these youth grow spiritually in discipleship. I'm grateful for, I mentioned about one of my volunteers here that helps me with the girls. Let me just read that. I'm grateful for the many volunteers we have over the years. Recently, Mamie Carter started helping me with the females in the Portland Juvenile Facility. She is an incredibly good soul winner, and the girls are very responsive to her as she seems to have a natural bond with them. Mamie had surgery several months ago, which caused an infection that has not gone away and is now spread to other parts of her body as well. She tells me she does her best to save her energy so she can continue to show up weekly to minister to these youth. Please join me as we're praying for a miracle for her. Thank you for all who helped with the Christmas revivals in December of 2022, in which we saw 17 youth make professions of faith in Jesus Christ during the 11 services we held in our three facilities. In April, I plan on doing a revi- similar revivals to celebrate Easter. 
Since my last prayer letter, it was in November 2022, we have seen 77 uh, make uh, 77 youth make professions of faith in Christ. Marta and I are uh, my, Marta and I thank you for your prayers and support. So you got the update. <laughs> so thank you for sending me. Thank you for co-laboring with me and supporting us so that we could go and do what we do. Um, I'm paid by the local church, just like this church, uh, to do what we're able to do weekly. And God is allowing us, uh, we have favor with these institutions, and I'm so grateful. I haven't seen anything like it in years, and I'm just going for it. (laughs) And so, praise the Lord. Um, I want to talk about God's desire to be intimate with His children. If you're born again today, and if you know Christ as your personal Savior, if I could tonight briefly just remind you about God's love for you, for us. Um, as I was going through this again, I just love and to hear these passages in Scripture and how important they are and encouraging they are to me and to us as believers. So what does the Bible say about his love for us, God's desire to be intimate with his children. And I'm thankful for that. We're grateful. You know, I was thinking of just all the cults that are out there in different religions and things of that sort and, and how people are pretty much enslaved with these religions and it's all works and if you don't toll the line, you're not right with God. And, and oftentimes you think of it as a God of hate. You know, he's just looking to smash somebody uh, when they do something wrong. Our God's the opposite. He loves us. He pursues us. Yes, he's holy and he's pure, but he's he's a loving God. And he reaches out to us constantly. And tonight, as we go through these scriptures, hopefully you'll be reminded of that. We know his, we know this because of God's steadfast love the scripture talks about towards us. In Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3, the Bible says this, Jeremiah 31 3, the Lord have appeared of the old unto me saying, yea, this is what he says, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. So God loves us. He reminds us here, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Everlasting. It's like everlasting life. It's eternal. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. He draws us in because of his love for us. You know the verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. Again, I remind you, he loves you. He loves us. We have a God of love. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's be reminded today of what the Bible says about God's steadfast love towards us. He wants to have that relationship with us. He desires. First John chapter four, verse 10 says this. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but he loved us. He loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. What love. He loves us that he was willing to send his son to die for us. To be sin for us. So I remind you today. Hey, by the way, if nobody's told you that they loved you, that they loved you today, I want to remind you, God loves you today. He loves you. I gave you three passages where he wrote that down. He loves you. He cares about you. A while back, I was in a pod and I always look for opportunities when I walk into a living unit. To look for somebody that is maybe, uh, in my eyes, having a tough day or by themselves or maybe they've been uh, disciplined and they have to sit down in a chair by themselves in a corner there or whatever the case might be. I have my Bible study, but I'll always be looking for those. My intention for them, is to, for those is to just give them a gospel track and uh, begin the conversation with them. And that happened just recently. And uh, there was a young man who was sitting there, and I could tell he was troubled and kind of had his head down. And I walked up to him. I began to try to converse with him, and it wasn't going very well. And I says, okay, just wanted to let you know, you're all, if you need anything, I'm here for you. And I want to hand you this track, if you could take it and read it. And even before I leave, I want you to know that God loves you. Jesus loves you. And he looked up for the first time. He had his head down most of the time. And with starting to tear up, he says, thank you. People need to know that God loves them. Because he does. He loves you. Maybe today you feel like, oh, I'm unlovable. Man, how could God love me? I want to remind you, God loves you. He sent his son for you. It's an everlasting love. He loved us. God loves you. God desires to be intimate with his children. Number one, we know this because of his steadfast love. Secondly, we know this because God has given us a heart to know him. He's given us a heart to know him. God created us, right? And he gave us a heart that desires to know him. Jeremiah 24, 7 puts it this way. And I will give them a heart to know me. He says, I'm going to give you a heart to know me. That I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God and they shall return unto me 
with their whole heart. So God made us with a heart that desires a God. In this case, the holy God, our God that we talk about, the God that I'm talking about today. I've told you this already, but I uh, many times I will run into youth who've never stepped uh, stepped in church in their entire life. And this book is very foreign to them. And they don't know much about Jesus Christ. But you know what? And a lot of times uh, they'll come to a church service for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> but they'll come. I'd rather come to church than stay in my cell. And by the way, I maybe haven't mentioned this, but Brother Rick is known to give Oreo cookies out. Those are very uh, popular in the prison, and I'm the only one that has them. So they'll come, and that's fine with me. They'll sit in a service, and they'll hear Scripture. They'll hear about the love of God. And it's amazing that somebody that has very little knowledge of God will hear a short, maybe 20-minute message, and they'll begin to focus. And I'll begin to read Scripture, and they'll begin to just kind of like, things will just begin to make sense to them. And I, I was reading this verse and it kind of thought, I thought back, maybe the reason is because God made us, like he says here, with a heart to know him. And many times, hundreds of times over the, uh, the length of my ministry, uh, they have come and they, that's the place where they receive Christ as personal Savior. With just the simple gospel, gospel message, maybe you might think of the Romans road, just a few verses, people come to know Christ. Well, don't they know, don't they have to know everything about the Bible to know Christ? No. Remember when we got saved? We didn't know much either. <laughs> but we came to faith in Christ as a, like a child. We just believe. And again, I'm reminded because we have a heart. God made us with a heart to know him and to know him. doesn't mean that everybody gets saved. doesn't mean that everybody, uh, you know, wants to get saved. But God created us in that way. Jeremiah 32 verse 40 says this, And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to them, uh, to do them good, but I will put fear in their hearts. I'll put fear in their hearts that they shall not depart from me. So God made us a heart to know him, but he also put fear in our hearts. Deep down inside, we're going to have to give an answer to somebody. At least we know that. And we're going to have to give an answer to our Heavenly Father for our life. God instilled that in our hearts when He created us. So we know this because God has given us a heart to know Him. 
Thirdly, we know this because God is willing. God loves us. He really loves us because he's willing to cleanse us and to forgive us. We're sinners. And because of our sin, we're separated from God, which is not good. Separation from God is not a good thing because uh, that's eternal punishment. That's hell. That's the lake of fire. It's not good. But God doesn't want that for us. He loves us. That's what the devil wants for you. But God loves us. And he's willing to cleanse us and forgive us. Jeremiah 31 verse 34 says this, And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, I will forgive their iniquity. God wants to forgive our iniquity, our sin. And I will remember their sin no more. Thank God for forgiveness. He wants to cleanse us and forgive us. What love is that? God loves us. First John, let me turn there real quick if I could find it real quick. You know the verse, uh, but I don't want to misquote it here. First John 1 9. Just reminded of that verse. What does that verse say? First John 1 9. Somebody quote it for me. Here it is. Yeah. Amen. So if we confess our sins, he is faithful. What is he faithful about? Forgiving our sins and cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So we have that promise of God forgiving us our sins, cleansing, cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Again, God wants to forgive us. He wants to cleanse us. Boy, if that's not love, what is? He's willing to forgive us. He's willing to cleanse us. He wants to have that relationship with us. What a good God we have. He's not out to destroy us. He's not out to make us miserable. He's not out to just constrict us and make us uh, a miserable person in this earth. No, he loves us. And we see that love for us. And so we need to just remember and encourage ourselves that he loves us. We know he loves us and we know he wants to have an intimate relationship with us because number one, his love is steadfast. Number two, God has given us a heart to know him. Number three, God is willing to forgive us and cleanse us. He's willing to forgive us and cleanse us. I love this one. We know this because he desires to carry our burdens. You have some burdens today? If you don't today, you will this week sometime or last week or whatever. That's life, huh? 
we have burdens. And they're heavy. And we all have them. Whether you're a preacher or whether you're inmate or whether you're whatever you are, we're going to have burdens. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. And while we're living, there's going to be some hard times. Pastor and his wife are going through hard times. And he's the preacher. It's a preacher. So we carry these burdens. And you know what God wants to do with those burdens? He desires to carry them for us. And we need to learn to turn to Him. Psalms chapter 55 verse 22 says this, Cast thy burdens upon the Lord. Cast thy burdens upon the Lord. And He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Oh, I love this about our God. Because life happens. And things come in our life. And they shake us up. But the thing about being a Christian, about knowing God, if we are learn to just depend on Him and trust Him, He'll carry us through. He's shown Himself over and over, and you could give testimony of how God has carried those burdens for you. We have to cast them to Him. We have to give them to Him. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. You know the verse, 1 Peter 5.17, Cast all your cares upon Him. Why? He cares for you. You know when you when somebody cares for you, that's a good sign. That's a good thing. It's because they care about you. They love you. They're willing to be that there for you and lift you up. I like what it says in Psalms 55, 22. He shall sustain thee. I think of that burden. I think of it heavy. And I think of just carrying that burden. You, you get beaten up and you get wore down and you get maybe uh, some pain and some aches because of carrying that burden. So not only God wants to carry that burden from you and take it from you, but he wants to make you healthy again. Because we have a good God. He loves us. He wants to carry that burden for you. What is that burden that you're carrying today? I want to remind you, hey, give it to the Lord. Do you remember you gave it to him before? He took care of you. He'll do it again. I know we're prideful. I'm just like anybody else. And I could deal with this. I could carry this. I could fix this. And sometimes God puts us in a position where you can't fix it. And he reminds you, hey, kiss, give it to me. Give it to me. And he's proven himself over and over. I'll carry it for you. Matter of fact, give it to me and I'll sustain you. Casting all your cares upon him. You know why? Because he cares for you. Hey, you're not left alone. Hey, one day, Christian, when your things are not working out and even when you kind of just do your own thing and you're not maybe even living right, I want you to know God cares for you. And he's he's going to allow some things in your life to happen because he's just wanting you to turn to him. He wants to what's best for you. He's not out to get you. He's got out. He's out to help you, um, and we need to trust him. 
We know this because God invites us into his presence. We know he loves us because he invites us into his presence. He wants us to come to him. I often tell the kids in the, the prison there, and I tell them, hey, how many of you, if you demanded it, to see the superintendent of the institution could see him or her. And they'll say, no, that'll never happen. <laughs> it's not their job to see the youth. They're administrators. And, and it just would never happen. It's not going to happen. I said, how many of you here, if you wanted to see the governor of the state of Washington and you would call up and uh, try to see him, would that happen? And they don't know, but I'll say, no, it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. I don't know why you want to talk to him, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> but um, how many of you today decided, you know what? I need to talk to President Biden and I need to just go and I'm going to make call the White House and uh, see if I could get an appointment or talk to him over the phone. It'll never happen. Probably for any of us. Never. Chances are one in a million or whatever. Probably more than that. It's not going to happen. But you know what? We have access to our God. He invites us into his presence. You know why? Because he loves us. We're his children. We don't have to make an appointment with him. We have access to him as children. He loves his children. Second Chronicles 15, 2 says this, And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you. While ye be with him, And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. What this verse is telling us, hey, you know, if we seek him, he's going to seek us. He's, we need, he's going to be there for us. If you seek him, he will be found. If you want to talk to him, he's going to listen to you. You know why? Because he invites us in his presence. He wants to hear from us. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to converse with us because he loves us. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. We have a God of love. Sure, he's a holy God and he's a righteous God. And I under all, I understand that. But when the verse, the Bible says all over the place, Old Testament and New Testament, it's just saying, you know what? He loves you. He died for you. For God so loved the world. That's us. And you can put your name in place of the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever. Who does whosoever include? Any of us. Whether you're the preacher or whether you're the piano player. Or whether you're an inmate or whether you're skid row or whatever. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. He loves us. 
Second Chronicles 15.4 says this, But when they, in their trouble, did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought Him, He was found of them. Come on. I'm here. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. God desires to be intimate with his children. We know this because he's a because of his steadfast love for us. We know this because God has given us a heart to know him. He built us in such a way when he created us that we had this void in our life and only he could fill that void. We know this because he's willing to forgive us. He's willing to cleanse us. He's willing to have a relationship with us. And he made it way so that we can have that through Jesus Christ. Forgiveness. It was God's plan. We know this because he wants to carry our burden. Why would he want to carry my burden? You know why he wants to carry your burden? Because he cares for you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't forgotten about the situation you're in. He hasn't forgot the troubles that you have. He knows all about them. He's just looking to help you and to carry those burdens for you. And a matter of fact, he wants us to give us those burdens that we have. What is those burdens that you have tonight? Give them to the Lord because he cares for you. He tells us in Scripture We know this because he invites us in his presence. Second Chronicles 15, 15. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath. For they had sworn in their hearts and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them. And the Lord gave them rest round about. Again, they sought him and he was there and he gave them rest. He invites you. He invites you. If you're here tonight and you say, man, I want the love of God. He invites you. He wants you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to be reconciled with you. Hey, if you're here and you're not a child of God, but you would like to be a child of God, accept him. He's calling. He's calling us through his love for us. He's calling us. He gave us that heart that desires him. He's calling you because he wants to forgive you and cleanse you. He's calling you because he wants to carry your burden tonight. And he says he invites us into his presence. Here I am. Whosoever shall call upon me. Whosoever. Oh, I'm not worthy to. No, he said whosoever. He invites you. Do you know him? I'm speaking to the choir Sunday night service. And I know most of you know him, but by chance, if there's somebody here that says, I don't know, I'm not sure. Hey, you could be get that assurance tonight. You could 
have that relationship with him. You don't have to be separated from him. You don't have to live this life on your own. And matter of fact, I highly recommend you don't. Because God wants to be there for you. And we need God. I need God. Every day I need him. We need to trust him. Let me look at to real quickly Proverbs chapter 8. So, Proverbs 8:17 the Bible says this. Uh, I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. When we seek him out, we're going to find him. He's not hiding from us. He's not in some place where we can't find him. And hopefully, uh, you know, we keep trying to look for him and look for him and look for him and do this and do that and do that. No, he's waiting for you. It's because he loves you. We need to seek him and we'll find him. He's not running from you. You're the one that we are the ones that run from him. And we need him. Do you know him? The devil doesn't care about you. He wants to destroy you. But not our God. He's a loving God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I'm just so thankful for who you are and how you love us, how you created us to have a heart for you and how you cleanse us and forgive us. And you want to carry our burdens. And you want, you want us in your presence. You want to commune with us. And, and I'm so thankful for that. Tonight I pray, maybe there's somebody here that would say, you know, Brother Rick, I'm not sure if I know him. But the Holy Spirit is still is sure drawing me towards Him. My spirit is reaching out to His spirit, and I want to get that settled. I want to trust Him and what He did for me—that He died and that He rose again for me. I want to know that I have that relationship with Him, that I could go to heaven someday, that I could have all those benefits of knowing Him. If that's you today, I want you to pray this prayer in your heart and mean it, dear Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I know that my sin separates me from you. And I need forgiveness. Because I need you. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Savior. In other words, save me from my sin penalty. The best way I know how, I call upon you tonight to be my Savior. Everybody's head bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. Hey, if you said that prayer with me for the first time, 
Would you just let me know by raising a hand? I promise I won't call you out. I won't embarrass you. I just want to know so I could pray for you. Brother Rick, I prayed that prayer with you. I got it settled, this salvation. And I'm going to let you know by raising a hand. Is there anybody here like that? Good. I assume and I hope and I pray that all of us are saved. But maybe tonight you were reminded of the God that we have. through the scriptures that were read tonight. And maybe we could just recommit our lives to you. Hey, thank you, God, for loving me, for wanting an intimate relationship with me. Thank you for the benefits. You want to forgive me. You want to carry my burdens. I have access to you. And I'm so thankful for that. And because of that, I want to serve you this week. I want to live for you. I want to be a light in the community for you this week. Help us to do that. And again, I do pray for pastor. I pray, Lord, for healing. That he would begin to recover more quickly than what he is. Um, Be with his wife, Amy. Lord, just meet her needs. Be with their home as he gets released from the hospital. I pray, Lord, that you would provide, that he would be able to, uh, again, quickly recover. I know his desire is to be here in the pulpit. But while he's not here, I just pray, Lord, that you would give him grace and his wife grace and that you would meet their needs in such a way where um, he could get the help that he needs and um, just be involved. And then bless this church, Lord. Help them to carry on and to fill in the gaps and to be in their place and to uh, just meet their needs. I pray for the different preachers that might be coming in, that they would be a blessing and an encouragement. And Lord, just help them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you.